Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's my pleasure today to be here with James Joyce III, who uh, I've known for a long time, our paths have crossed here and there, but let's just dive right in, James. You've got a really big announcement, so uh, talk to me. What do you want to tell the people of Santa Barbara uh, who, who don't know? What, what's your big plan for 2021? Well, for, for me, uh, primarily, it's just uh, um, I've, I've amassed this set of skills of working in the district for the past you know 10 years, uh, primarily uh, all, all through uh, Ventura County and Santa Barbara County, but specifically the past eight years in Santa Barbara. Um, and I've amassed a set of skills that can be useful for the community as we move forward. And so uh, with that, uh, and having been having several community conversations, uh, uh, conversations within the community uh, with key players, and I'm gonna put my hat in the ring to run for mayor. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, it's a, it's a thing that that you know a year ago you asked me, you know, would I ever run for office? And the answer definitely would have been, been no. Uh, but seeing where we are as a society, where we've progressed in a society in the past year, uh, and and knowing the skill set that I, that I have. Um, you know, putting those dots together, I, I think it could be something that could be useful to move this, the community forward. Okay, that's great. So talk to me, James, about why why you. So, so Kathy Murillo, she's the first Latina ever elected to the Santa Barbara City Council. Uh, she has a base of uh, progressives, uh, Democrats who have supported her. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you supported her in the past, probably to some degree. Um, mm -hmm. Why do we need to dump Kathy for, for something new and specifically why you? Right. Well, I think, as I mentioned, you know, this area has kind of been, been riddled and, and plagued with some, some disasters, um, you know, some tough times over the past several years. And, you know, that's no fault of, of, of anybody uh, in, in government at that point. But, you know, you, you look for inspirational leadership to stand up into the time, or stand up to the time. And, you know, that has not been the case with Kathy. I mean, she, she's, again, a nice woman. When she came around campaigning and knocked on my door, uh, you know, I introduced her to my neighbors. This is our mayoral candidate. Um, and, and, and I had great hopes. Um, and, you know, I'm not alone with that. Uh, there's been a lot of disappointment uh, in her tenure as mayor. Uh, she's had time to, to be able to, to show, you know, great visionary leadership uh, the direct, and help point the city toward the direction uh, that we all need to, to need to go towards, um, but that just hasn't happened. Um, and so again, I've met, I've amassed a skill set that you know I, for the past you know eight years I've been working in the political backside, but in the past four years specifically, just facilitating difficult community conversations about race, that has highlighted a skill that you know um, for for most people having conversations about race. Uh, is is a little bit more difficult than having conversations about the budget, right? But they're both difficult conversations. Um, and I think there's a lot of transferable skills in, in, in being able to facilitate difficult conversations uh, and, and get, get folks from all sides of the argument to at least sit down, discuss where they're coming from uh, and figure out a plan forward from that. You know, obviously 2020 was a, a tumultuous year. It was a terrible year for a lot of reasons. Uh, in Santa Barbara, what are the issues that relate to, to race and the issues that came up on a national level that you want to focus on? Um, you have these conversations with, with people every day. So talk to me about Santa Barbara, what Santa Barbara's needs and issues are. Right. Well, I mean, Santa Barbara being a largely, you know, white, uh, predominantly white um, um, community, uh, the second uh, largest population, of course, being Latino. And, um, 
there's just kind of this bubble feel here in Santa Barbara. And so all these things are happening nationally. And sometimes folks feel as if we, we are in a bubble in Santa Barbara, that's not us. Uh, the reality of it is, is, is that that is America. Santa Barbara is in America. And so therefore that is us. Uh, and so there are things that we can do to kind of kind of move move through this. And a lot of folks come to me and like, okay, you know, um, the, one of the, the questions post George Floyd I heard quite frequently is, you know, we're 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 white women and living in Santa Barbara. What, uh, you know, what can we do in this moment? And you know, realistically, it's it's about having this mass racial reckoning inform your decision and allow that to make make you know inform your decisions moving forward. So you you got you have that new knowledge. Uh, so now that you know better, do better. Um, and so that I think translates, translates over, over to this as well. We see the universality of the Black American experience. We see uh, how that can be learned from and, and, and that can be the root for a lot of development as most recent in the uh, last uh, US Senate runoff in Georgia. Uh, we see how Black Americans step up and, 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 and you know, answer to the call. And so what can we in Santa, Mar Santa Barbara do to help that? Well, Santa Barbara is a great Petri dish, right? The whole conversation is about anti-racist. What does an anti-racist community looks like, look like? Well, I think we can, we can start to create a mold or a blueprint for what that may look like. Uh, and it's just incremental steps. And it, and it is not always talking about the elephant of race. It's about having that inform how you're thinking about things uh, whether that's how you're allocating funds within a city budget, uh, whether that is, you know, uh, how you're thinking about addressing the, the issue on housing and understanding the historical and systematic challenges that that, that housing policies and such have, have had on, on, on disenfranchised people. And so all of that informing, uh, uh, providing, you know, uh, icing on top of the cake for uh, my political and journalistic background, uh, bringing into a running for a position like mayor. And I don't want to make it too much about about race, but but right. can you just address the issue head on that, you know, majority of Santa Barbara, you know, the largest minority population in Santa Barbara are Latinos and Kathy Maria is the Latina mayor. Uh, so I guess the question is, like, what, what do you what can you provide that Kathy Murillo cannot uh, in terms of her ability to connect with maybe some of these east side, west side communities? Uh, can you just like outline that, you know, what, what can you deliver to some of these communities who might identify more with her? Yeah. Um, I'm genuine, right? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been in the communities, I've been in people's houses, uh, you know, not COVID, of course, but, you know, have, have had those relationships with folks. And, and you know, when you work with those folks, I mean, I, I used to work for Cause, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, I've, I've got some connections with that. I, I have some understanding, um, but the, you know, I, I don't want to be disparaging to to others. But there's a like when when I I've had this ability to connect with people, regardless of uh, race, regardless of background, and being able to find the common common ties with folks. Um, you know, if I'm going to a, a picnic and I and I see. You know, somebody would be the first, you know, one of the, one of the first things that, that was new cultural experience to me and having that cultural acuity is, you know, seeing people cutting up Nepales, right, and eating that. And I'm like, that that was just, it was new to me. I grew up on the East Coast, right? And, and, and to be able to, you know, learn that from a very safe spot and understand, like, 
okay, well, that's why I see the, you know, some of these cactuses growing on the side of the road or in different places, like understanding the cultural connection to these things. Uh, yeah, Kathy has, has been, been steeped into that. Um, but, you know, a lot of people who, who know Kathy from, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago before she got into public service, know her as Kathy Marillo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so enough said there. So, hey, uh, let's talk a little about the politics of this, James. Uh, you are, are, you know, you've been so involved with, with the Democratic Party for so long. You worked uh, for Doss Williams as, a, you know, many titles, State Senator Hannibal Jackson, many titles. Uh, you've been doing so much work for, for such a long time. And uh, you're all, the Democratic Party people are all your associates. Like, you, you know them, you know. Um, do you feel as though uh, that's going to be an issue here? Uh, they're, we're here. They're, they're going to have to decide between their incumbent mayor, who they've endorsed. How important is it to you to get them to back your mayoral campaign? I mean, it's it's important, but it's it's not it's not vital, right? Um, I, I understand how the game is played. Like the the, the democratically endorsed candidate ha has been Kathy. Um, I understand that the local party has a, uh, a an interview process. Uh, for their endorsements. And, you know, I will pursue that interview process and, and seek the endorsement, but ultimately it's going to be up to their decision. And, and, you know, I have confidence that you put me, you know, in a room with any of the other candidates and I can hold my own, if not thrive. Right. And so that's just me being who I am. And so when, when, you know, people in the party locally who may have, you know, had some interaction with me, but not a lot, well, this once they get to ask those questions and really get to, to, to know who I am, I think they'll be able to make, you know, a logical decision from that. Um, yeah, now, I mean, yeah, I've been in the trenches with Arcel, with Hillary, all of them, right? We, you know, we all were on the same staff. Uh, it's no hard feelings. I understand what it is. The, 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 that machine has to operate as a machine. Uh, I would love to have that machine operating with me, but if not, I do understand. And um, I think that it would be, mutually advantageous uh, because I've what I've seen is as I've been having conversations with folks about the possibility of, of my mayoral campaign, there's an excitement, a real genuine excitement that I have not seen around here in the 10 years that I've done work, right? And so I think that there's something about that that could be beneficial to the party. Yes, there's been some, you know, minor fractions within the party. I, I would hope that, you know, we those are in the past and we can continue to move forward with, you know, um, the current situation, uh, but you know it is it is what it is. I, I don't I don't like to overuse that statement, but I, again, I know I know what the the local party uh, is, and I understand what their uh, value is. Um, and I also, you know, they're not the whole city. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, there's got to be a lot of excitement around you getting into the campaign. Uh, Babatunde Folayemi was the first African American. Uh, member of the council, right? You would be the yeah. second, you'd be obviously the first mayor. Uh, you know, we have a string of female mayors. So there's so much uh, newness around the idea of you running. And there's this whole thing of fresh conversations, new perspectives, new conversations that you definitely bring to the table. So let's, let's talk about what you've been doing, okay? Before everybody in 2020 was talking very deeply about race and race relations, uh, you were doing coffee with a black guy before that. So can can we talk a little bit about the, the the important work that you've been doing long before you were thinking about running for mayor? 
Sure, sure, sure. And and my team here has been encouraging me to uh, uh, get better about patting myself on the back. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that effort. Um, I think what the whole uh, platform of Coffee with the Black Guy and having the being the fact that I started it in you know, July of 2016, that's just indicative of visionary leadership, right? I saw that 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 there was a need for people to have these conversations and. I was essentially having those conversations anyway. I created the platform to help me with time management, right? Instead of calling everybody back, everybody <laughs> come, let's have that conversation there. Just a little bit of time management, but you know, it's it's um, it, it's been a, a teachable moment, right? It, when 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 having these kind of conversations, it's it's authentic community building. Neighbors who've lived next to one another for for years, if not decades, are finally talking to one another about issues that matter. Oh, not about the weather, not about you know the Dodgers, but about like real issues that that help us move forward as a community and society. And and I think that that the conversation, like that, is the beginning of all solutions, right? And so yeah, we we can do it for 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 race issues and and you know um, in those conversations, a lot of times those race issues. Uh, parallel with um, policy issues or having policy-like conversations. And, you know, I'm able to, to do that as well. But um, I just think it, it, it's a, it's the best, the best indicator of what I'm going to do in the future is what I've done in the past. I've executed visionary leadership in the past multiple times. That's what you can expect for me to do in the future. This podcast is sponsored by Radius Commercial Real Estate. For over 40 years, Steve Golis at Radius Commercial Real Estate has served the South Coast and Tri-County markets as the undisputed leader in multifamily investment sales, amassing more than $1 billion and 13,000 units sold over the last decade alone. With acumen for market analysis and connecting investors with the right properties, Steve is the go-to among local investors looking to capitalize in this unique real estate category. For unrivaled results in the sale or purchase of your residential income assets, contact Steve Golis at Radius Commercial Real Estate at www.radiusgroup.com or 805-965-5500. Can you talk a little bit about your your background? I know that you were a journalist for a while. Um, uh, Talk a little about what you did before you came to Santa Barbara. Sure, sure, sure. I'm originally a, a Maryland native. Uh, so born right outside of the uh, Baltimore area, Baltimore metro uh, area. Uh, once I graduated high school, I went to school at Ohio University in Southeast Ohio, that's in Athens. Um, the Bobcats, not the Buckeyes. Um, and so after that, I you know got a journalism degree there. And while I was in college, actually, I made my first trip to Santa Barbara, and that was in November of 2001. I had an internship at the Ventura County Star. And so uh, I, I stayed some time uh, out here uh, in, in the area uh, working for the Star uh, and definitely made a trip to, to Santa Barbara. Um, since then, I've just been, been reporting, right? I've, I was an um, education reporter for most of my time, hopping from various cities like Marion, Indiana, Yakima, Washington, Toledo, Ohio, um, and then ended up uh, out in California, transitioned over in, into public service when I... Um, took a friend's advice and, and, and dialed a number to a friend of hers who was running for state assembly and needed help with his campaign. And that's kind of how I got looped into to this side of things. Um, having covered it 
and now kind of being behind what's covered, uh, it, I, I think, I mean, for me, that's just kind of rounded out my perspective of the usefulness of both the media and the, the government entities. That, I mean, they're, they're, they, they, they're both, they're both have, have equal importance. And can you talk about some of the discrimination that you've overcome either coming up, you know, being raised or even in the important work you do, you know, in the legislature in California? Uh, obviously, there's probably uh, some, some, some doors that you had to knock on several times before they had to open. Can you talk about your work as an African-American man and, and how that has impacted how you see the world uh, professionally? Yeah, I mean, I, being the fact that I've always been one of a very few um, black men in an, in an area, uh, I, I understand what uh, I haven't, I've always represented something other than myself. Uh, as a young kid, as a black male, you're always representing the race, you're always representing your family, and that's a heavy weight. But that's a weight that I felt at five years old, right? And so learning how to feel the weight of, okay, if I act out in class, that's a judgment on other people that look like me. It's not fair. That's not how it should be, but that's the reality of how things have been. And so, you know, when you're looking to, okay, so there's a city, there's folks in the city named saying, okay, so how can I be represented? Well, I've always represented something other than myself. Uh, I worked for Das Williams. When you're out in the community, I represented him. Uh, working for Hannah Beth Jackson, out in the community, people see me as an extension of the work that she's doing. And so I'm representing her. Um, and so it's nothing new to me to, to have uh, the representation of others on my shoulder. Uh, I just would hope to be able to have a little, uh, in addition to the weight on my shoulders, a little bit of wind in my back from their accountability, involvement, um, engagement. Uh, we, we need to do a better job of that right now. Um, you know, just pointing out one thing, you see that, you know, the city of Santa Barbara doesn't have a public information officer. Now, traditionally, a role like that is to interface with the media, but understanding what the media market is in Santa Barbara, you need a public information officer to be able to share information with the public, right? And so there's a lot of citizen journalists, people who pay attention. I mean, Santa Barbara is a very engaged uh, community. And so there should be some a better conduit of directly communicating with the community uh, from city government. And I mean, that's just one of, of, of uh, uh, one indicator of something that, that could help improve uh, the way that, that, that Santa Barbara shines. So yeah, that's a great transition. The, so, some of the issues, obviously, downtown, redevelopment, uh, you know, we, we're dealing with the pandemic. We've closed State Street, the businesses were struggling. We got the government shutdowns it's really complicated. It's really sad for a lot of these businesses. Uh, what, what can you do here? So, you know, a lot of this is out of, you know, the city of Santa Barbara, the mayor's control, but if you come in, how do we bridge the gap between business and government? And uh, what, what can you do to sort of uh, boost them at this time? Yeah, Josh, that's, that's an age, age old question because we, we, we've been trying to answer that. And, and in my work with Hannah Beth, have been involved working with, you know, the small business community locally. Um, you know, she had a project called Jobs and Economic Development Initiative. We called it JEDI. Um, and it was working with uh, small business owners, uh, innovators, uh, venture capitalists, education institutions in the area, and really getting folks not just in Santa Barbara, but throughout the whole region to stop working in silos and working collectively. 
So we've seen some success with that, like organizations like Weave. They work throughout the whole area, but they're a great benefit to help businesses. Throughout COVID, they were there to help, in addition to the SBA, to be able to help businesses navigate uh, the loan process and navigate the ever-changing field of, of, of what operating looks like. Um, and, you know, that all came from sitting shoulder to shoulder with these individuals, talking through and figuring out how to do things. Now, the challenge that I have is, you know, where we see, you know, State Street right now during COVID is, is pedestrian. We were talking about that maybe seven years ago as we were planning and thinking and figuring out what we can do to help bolster growth on State Street. The unfortunate reality is it took a global pandemic for us to get to that thing that we had just been talking about. And I think that that is a challenge, right? We, we talk about a lot, we study a lot, we've had a state street show, a charrette, uh, and these things don't fully get implemented. They're, they're talked about, but we need to have some sort of political will, accountability, and vision from the community equally uh, to move these things forward and, and, and really you know, not have to wait on tragedy to hit to be innovative. Uh, we've got a lot of great innovators here in town. Uh, you know, I was you know, part of, as an advisory member uh, to the Impact Hub as that started getting started up. And we were talking and looking at other communities like Boulder, Colorado, and what were they doing to kind of create a more entrepreneurial uh, environment. And so understanding that the there's value and looking outside of our bubble and seeing what other things could, could work in Santa Barbara, what other things could we borrow from elements of to make Santa Barbara truly what it is. It's got all the great elements of all the places I've lived in, in my adult life. I, I don't want to go anywhere here. Uh, I don't want to go on vacation because we're in vacation. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I, like I, I, I feel invested in this community um, and, I, and I feel like there's, it's just right on the verge of being something great. And when you talk about like, okay, so how can we attract business back to State Street? Well, I think with the excitement of my candidacy, some of the work that I've done um, and some of the networks and connections that I have, that helps elevate Santa Barbara uh, on, on a larger scale, right? So uh, later this week, I'm doing a, a keynote speech in Yakima, Washington. Well, I know people in Yakima who are now thinking about coming to Santa Barbara to visit for vacation because, dang, it looks so nice there, mm -hmm. right? They had never considered that. And so understanding that there's value in connections outside of our area to make our area even better. And, and if, you're, if you're elected, how does this impact your Coffee with a Black Guy uh, uh, efforts and your outreach? Because obviously you're talking to people all over. This is not a local thing. And then you become mayor. Um, how, do you, how do you reconcile those two things? So I've, I've done the research on what the paying salary is for mayor and it's unsustainable for living in Santa Barbara. Yeah. The way the rents continue to go up and based on what I'm currently paying in rent, that is unsustainable. Yeah. And so Coffee with the Black Guy LLC will continue on. We continue yeah. to do uh, diversity and inclusion consulting, working with companies, nonprofits, school districts, communities uh, to facilitate conversations. And um, <laughs> throughout COVID, I've gotten much better at my own scheduling uh, because I've, I used to I used to cut hair in college. And so the, the way I did that is I, I had a, a hard planner that, you know, that would schedule people's appointments in. And so when COVID hit the fan, things got crazy and hectic, kind of juggling this and Hannah Beth work and other calls from the community. I went back to that. And so that's been helping me train myself to get back into uh, be better at my own scheduling and say, okay, so we, we know what the demands of the mayor are. There's, you know, 
definitely like Tuesdays, I can't can't work for coffee with the black guy. But while other things are 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 happening, I'm I'm able to uh, I envision that I'll be able to 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 balance the work. Okay, uh, so you know we're, we'll wrap up here in a second. But looking at the landscape of the race, obviously you got Mary Catherine Murillo, who's going to run hard. She's going to try to you know get the Democratic Party endorsement again and sort of try to do a repeat of you know how she got elected. You got Deborah Schwartz who's running and she's pulling hard with the business community, the developer community. Uh, she's got some name recognition. She's been on the planning commission and she's going to hit home over time. Like I've been here consistently dealing with planning issues for, for mm-hmm. 11 years and uh, she's ready to make a change at city hall. So, so you kind of have those angles. There's rumors of other people getting in. Just take the last couple minutes here, James, to talk about, why you're different than everyone else uh, and, and why they should look at you as somebody who's going to bring the kind of change Santa Barbara needs to Santa Barbara, the, the kind of change people want. Sure. Um, you know, I, I've, I've worked alongside, you know, both Kathy and Deborah. Um, I've seen her work uh, on the planning commission and, you know, she's done great work. I, I, I mean, I have no negative or disparaging comments about, about her contributions to the community. Um, but planning is only one element of being mayor. A lot of what being mayor is being the fact that we have a strong city administrator uh, type of model for the, for the city. A lot of, you know, how I classify what the mayor is, is the, chi- the chief cheerleader for the city, right? have no more power than the other council members, but you can inspire, you can help uh, uh, collaboration, create collaboration, right? And, and, and I think that that, that is what uh, the city is looking for. They're looking for somebody to, to help pull all the pieces together and, and get the ship heading in the, in the right direction. Um, so how am I different? I, I think aside from just the reality that I, I'm a black man running in a, in a predominantly white, white and Latino city, um, and the perspective that that brings with it, the I kind of, although I'm I'm still not a journalist, I think my mind still works journalistically. That's my training. Uh, that's how you know. That's that's the basis for how I've interacted with the world. The curiosity, the asking questions to find out the answer. You know how many? I mean, as a newspaper reporter, a daily newspaper reporter, every day you've got to recreate your core product. So in the morning you go out, you're given or create a, a story idea that I may or may not know anything about. I have to go get smart on it, um, ask all the right questions, do all the right research. By the end of the day, synthesize all that, write it in an eighth grade reading level, and have no mistakes. That's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. However, that's something that is it, it, it's kind of like a training camp uh, for um, to, to be able to, to, to do that on a larger level. And instead of just re- regurgitating and telling the story, uh, thinking about innovative ways to, uh, cr- you know, offer solutions or recommend that two people talk to one another and they come up with the solution. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Are you saying, James, journalists should uh, run the world? Is that what I hear you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, realistically, if you look at it, look, I mean, you know, um, David Axelrod started as a, as a journalist. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, folks who, who have that base and foundation. And I think that that provides a lot of, a, a good way of looking at the world. I mean, it's the, when the, it's the fourth estate, right? Yeah. And so essentially it is a functioning part of our democracy um, and, and it, it's vital. Yeah, nothing teaches critical thinking like uh, 
having to come up with a story every day and do it quickly <laughs> and on deadline. Uh, but uh, uh, James, uh, my pleasure to have the opportunity to, to talk to you. You're definitely going to infuse a incredible amount of energy and excitement into the mayoral race. And I know that, uh, you know, this shakes it up. Everyone's going to be sort of talking about, holy cow, what does this mean? You know, so it's going to be yeah. exciting year for reporters to, to cover that and observers. So um, I appreciate your time and, uh, you know, good luck. And I'll see, I'll, see, I'll see you out there on the campaign. What, what a way to kick off Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> All right, James. Good luck. Take care.